All right, that was a wonderful welcome. And uh, uh, I would like first to greet you all. And uh, when I greet you, I'll say, praise the name of the Lord, and all of you will say amen, all right? Okay, praise the name of the Lord, everybody. Amen. amen. Now, the other thing is that uh, as I talk, you may keep on getting that a whole lot, like praise the name of the Lord. And when I say that, uh, you know, I'm so much used to people saying amen, because uh, originally, I am from Africa, Kenya. That is where I was born and raised. And I came to this country the year 2009. And I went to Erskine Seminary, that is down in South Carolina. And uh, I graduated the year uh, 2013. And then after that, I was invited uh, or called to uh, fill in a pulpit at this church where I uh, minister up to date in Grayson, Georgia, where the former pastor died. So I became their pastor, and up to now, I'm still their pastor. And uh, I'm now in the process of becoming, I'm already a Presbyterian, I'm an EPC, and uh, I'm in the process of ordination according to EPC standards. And uh, uh, it's something that I'm looking forward to. Now, I'll be your speaker today. And as I speak, a few things that uh, you should uh, uh, be aware of is that I have a deep accent, all right? <laughs> An accent that is different from yours, all right? <laughs> you have a different accent, I have a different accent. <laughs> you know, in Kenya today, everybody tries to uh, speak in American accent. Uh, but now, it's not very easy. And uh, even if I may try so much, I cannot speak like you. I cannot pronounce things like you. So what happens at this time now is for you to try to listen to me, to try to hear me, all right? Adjust yourself, okay? Adjust yourself so that uh, we may be able to understand one another. I'll try to be slow. I'll try to not raise my voice so much so that uh, we may communicate, all right? And uh, for that reason, I believe that uh, the Lord God is going to bless us with his word. And at the end of the day, uh, we will uh, leave this place saying that uh, God's name has been glorified. And for that reason, let us pray. I want to thank you, dear Lord, because you have given me an opportunity to come and share your word. May you be glorified in this place as I share this message because it is not mine but it is you as O Lord. I use my vocal cord so that, uh, Lord, at the end of the day, we may all be blessed. And it is through the name of Jesus Christ, I do pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord, everybody. Amen. Aha, I like that. That's a good spirit, man. You know, the other thing, English is not my first language, all right? So it's not my first language. It's not my second language. And uh, it's just my third language a little bit because I'm in America. So the English that I am using here is, we can call it um, a British, African, Kenyan English. Huh? <laughs> you know, it has a lot of influence. That is why, I mean, a British influence, African influence, Kenyan influence. And you know, in Kenya, we are 42 tribes. 
And each tribe, actually 45 now, each tribe have got their own language. So each ethnic group or each tribe, uh, they have a way of saying things. They have a way of pronouncing things. So my pronunciation is so different. So I'm, I'm just alerting you so that you may not keep on asking, what did he say? Oh my God, I didn't understand that. I want for you now to understand it, all right? <laughs> Now, let's go to our message because I only have 20, message, I mean 20 minutes. And uh, what I want to speak about today, according to our theme over there, is uh, recovering from the lost glory. When we talk of recovering, it means that uh, we have something that has been lost. It has been lost and now we are trying to go back. If we may talk of uh, re, uh, you know, re, re, remodeling something, you know, if, I'm a, if I begin working on my old car, trying to paint it, trying to you know, fix it, it means I'm trying to make it have the former image that it had when it was new. So when I talk of recovering, it means that there is a glory that was lost somewhere and now, as I speak, we'll be trying to go back, to go back to that former glory. When Adam and Eve sinned, they fell from God's glory. And Jesus Christ came so that now we may have uh, that glory that we lost. And whenever we give, after we give our life, our life to Christ, once you give your life to Christ, it means that now you are in the process of recovering that glory. And that we will be glorified when Christ comes back. So I'm just trying to create the background of my message. So when you give your life to Christ, it means that now the former image, we are in the process of recovering that former image that was lost. And that is why we say that we are now new creature. The old man has gone, and now I am new. So if you are here and you have not accepted Christ as your personal Savior, know that there is something that is missing. And for that reason, you better receive him so that now you may become a new creature. And now when we talk about this glory that I'm talking about, thank you for the one who read the passage. I'll probably have taken longer than that trying to read. When we talk about this, we understand about David. And I believe that everybody has ever heard about King David. And he is one of my best characters in the Bible. The reason being, God himself testified and said that I have seen a man after my own heart. And that is my desire every day. That my Lord, may you create me a new heart. That I may be, have a heart like yours. The way you testified to David, can you testify it to me? Praise the name of the Lord. Aha, we are still together, I can see it. Now, if we talk about David at this particular uh, chapter, you know very well after he was anointed to be the king instead of King Saul, King Saul began now uh, running after him so that he may kill him because he knew that he is the one who is going to become a king instead of his son. That is, instead of uh, King Saul's son, now somebody else, and this is David, was now going to become a king. And for that reason, King Saul kept on thinking of how he can kill David. And in this single instance, David was coming back home after running away from King Saul. And when he got home, 
he fights some bad news. And as we read, is that uh, people, uh, I mean, the enemy had come and raid down Ziklag, this town where David was living with his wife's children and uh, uh, those people who were with him. So they had raided the city of Ziklag. They took away everything. But there is something that uh, made me uh, like this. In uh, verse 2 to 3, the Bible says that uh, everybody was taken, but nobody was killed. You know, nobody died. Nobody had lost his life. And when I was reading through this, and when I came to this verse 2, I learned that, uh, and this is a point for you to note, you can write it down, that in every bad situation, in every bad news, there is always a good news in that bad news. So there is a good report in that uh, bad news, no matter how bad it could be. It doesn't matter today, we may begin to cry, oh, I lost my mother. You know, in that loss, you may say that I lost her when she was 70 years old. There is a good report in that, that you had a mother who lived to be 70, who lived to be 80 years. That's a good report. Praise the name of the Lord. You could be there, oh, hallelujah, you could be there crying, saying I lost my wife. You know, there is a good report in that, that at one time you were married, you had a wife. For the reason, let us be looking for a good report in a bad situation. Let us look for something that make us praise the Lord, that, you know, something that can make us worship the Lord of his good doing. So in every situation that you are going through even today, in that bad thing, or rather the news that you are calling bad news, there must be a good news in it. Just meditate about God's goodness, and you'll be able to see at least one thing, if not everything. That is a good news. Praise the name of the Lord, everybody. Aha, we are together. You are good students. You are good students. And now, as we continue, we go to verse 4 to verse 6. Verse 4 to 6. Once we come to verse 4 and 6, the Bible says that these people who were with David, the army that he had, now they turned against David because all of them cried bitterly so much. They cried so bad because it's like uh, their wives had been taken away and their properties have been taken away and their town has been burned down. And all of them cried so much. But after crying, they now began looking for somebody to blame. And all of them began now blaming David. And maybe they were telling him, were it not for you who took us as army, as your, uh, as your bodyguards, our wives would not have been taken away. And they resulted that now we are going to stone you. And when I came to this point, I learned this one thing. That those people whom you fellowship with, those people who are, whom are your family members, those people whom you work with, those people whom you, are, you call your friends, a time may come and all of them may turn against you. They are your friends today, but that does not guarantee that tomorrow they are going to be your friends. Tomorrow all of them may turn against you, may want not to see you, may begin talking bad about you. So it means that we have only one person 
who cannot hate us. We have only one person who loves us. Irrespective of our faults, of our sins, we have only one person. And this is none other than Jesus Christ who is our Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So it is not guaranteed that your wife cannot hate you. It is not guaranteed that your husband cannot turn against you. It is only that you are in America, he cannot raise his hand on you. But remember, if you could be in Africa, it is so easy for your husband to lay your hand on me on you. And you know, we are not talking about just praying for you. Because, you know, the momentum and the speed that your heart goes on you, it depends what type of hands are you, are you laying on me. Pa! You know, it can happen. And when they, they ask, they may say, no, 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 I was praying for her. So, no, 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 those are not prayers anyway. But this is what I'm saying. Anybody can be against you. But David knew the secret. And what did David do? The Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. What a great secret. That when everything turns against us, when everybody turns against us, we have only one hope remaining. That we can draw our strength from the Lord Jesus Christ. We can always encourage ourselves no matter how bad the situation could look like. Praise the name of the Lord, everybody. Therefore, learn from today to be encouraging yourself in the Lord whenever things are not working. Read the word of God so that you may know it. So that whenever things turn against you, you can be able to encourage yourself and you will look like you are stronger than any other person. Not because you are not going through fire, not because things are very good, but because you know where your strength comes from. That my strength does not necessarily come from my husband. It doesn't necessarily come from my pastor. It doesn't necessarily come from those people who might trust a lot. But I know one thing, that my strength comes from the Lord, and for that reason, he will keep on encouraging me. Praise the name of the Lord, everybody. Amen. Amen. Let us learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord, not because of the riches that we could be having. Let us not be encouraged so much because of the jobs that we have. Tomorrow you can lose that job. Let us not be encouraged because we could be millionaires. Let us not be encouraged so much because of our children. Those children tomorrow can turn against you. Anybody can turn against you. But once we learn to trust in the Lord, we will always be drawing in our strength from Him and we'll be able to get our answers and walk for an extra mile. And after David encouraged himself in the Lord, what happened next? In verse 7, uh, uh, to eight, we say that uh, he now inquired, or rather inquired from the Lord, from the same Lord, Lord God, my wives have been taken away, my properties have been taken away, even my people have been taken away. Should I pursue them? And God answered him that uh, pursue them because you will certainly recover it all. You will overtake you are enemies. And this is another point that I want to bring today. That we should learn to seek perfect will of God. When I talk about perfect will of God, there is what we call permissive will. And there is perfect will of God. When we talk of perfect will of God, it means that this is the exact 
thing that the Lord God wants for me to do. At times you may not know how to uh, seek the permissive will of God. Prayers are good for encouraging yourself. Prayers are good that when you pray, number one, you get strengthened. That is how you encourage yourself in the Lord. Number two, after prayers, you have to study and learn and know the word of God. We are, we are living in, in days where people are so much into internet and other things, but they do not seek God's will from his word. This word is written here for us because it has an answer for each and every situation that comes in our life. And this is what I want to say. That uh, seeking the will of God is so easy. That uh, what does God say about the situation I'm going through? About my children when they become rebellious. About my husband when he begins behaving this way. About my wife when he becomes moody like this. How can I handle her? How can I treat these people who are now against me? You can find all answers in this book called the Bible because this is where his written word is. Praise the name of the Lord. So you do not need to argue and to say, Oh no, I am not a prophet. I have never seen a vision. So I don't know how God speaks. God has revealed himself through his word. Therefore, become a better Christian who will be able to read his word so that when the difficult and the tough time comes, you are able to know how you can respond to different situations. I do not have enough time to elaborate on that, but let us seek on how we can, uh, uh, I mean, we can respond to each and every situation after reading God's word. And now, they get now, in verse 9 to 10, they get to a place called the Brook Besa. Brook Besa, the Bible says that uh, there were some people who were completely exhausted. They could not, because now they have begun to pursue the enemy. The enemy. And now on their way, it means that they were walking, and they became very tired. And in the process, some people became... Uh, I mean, they became at the valley where there was a river. And uh, there were some people who could not go beyond Brook Besa because they were exhausted. But now, look something here. It is not everybody who was exhausted. It was only a part of them. It was only one group that was so much tired and they could not move on. But they did not distract or stop the rest who were, uh, who, who were strong enough or who were still encouraged to move on. They did not stop them. And this is the message that I want to bring you here. That your journey of faith, it doesn't matter whether your partner is going or he's not going. It doesn't matter whether your husband is agreeing with you in the matters of faith or not. It doesn't matter whether those people whom you attend the same church here today have desire of seeking the Lord more, of going to the service every Sunday, of going to weekdays fellowship, of going to for I mean intercessory prayer. There are some people who will even give away or give up, and they will not keep on pursuing. They will not have no desire or passion of seeking the Lord. If other people get tired, it doesn't mean that you should be tired with them. It is them who are tired, but not you. You encouraged yourself in the Lord. So it doesn't matter 
whether there were some people who stopped coming to this church. I believe maybe one time this was full, and if it wasn't full, I believe you know of a family that dropped out one time. You know of a friend who dropped out, who said, I cannot continue to go into their church that looks like A, B, C, D. They accused you. Know that those are people who were exhausted at the brook Bessa. But that does not mean that they should pull you back. Remember that you were called individually. The matter of calling and faith is individual. You were called individually. And when we come to eternal life, you'll be given eternal life individually. Praise the name of the Lord. Therefore, you should not be exhausted because other people are exhausted. So even if everybody else is not going, for me, I have decided, like Joshua, I and my house, even if my house may say no, I will say, I, John Masere, I will still serve the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let us learn to serve the Lord. Even other people default, even other people drop out. They drop away. Let us keep on believing. Let us keep on pursuing the enemy. Let us keep on moving on. Let us keep on pressing on. Praise the name of the Lord. Even other people may say that I am not going to give my offering again. Know that you are not giving to nobody, but you give to the Lord. Even, other, even if other people say that I will never give my 10%, I will still continue to give because I know to give is to worship, to give is to serve the Lord. And about this faith, I share it with nobody. It is my personal faith. Praise the name of the Lord, everybody. I'm about to finish, man, but I cannot exhaust it all. But this is another thing. As they continued, yeah, I'm about to finish. I'll conclude soon. As they continued, the Bible says that uh, they came across one boy who had been left by the enemies, or rather who were left by this group uh, that came, Americans that came to uh, raid Ziklag because he was sick and he was left there to die. And I imagine maybe it was in the wilderness or somewhere where he could not uh, get uh, help. And then uh, when they came to this boy, they took him and they asked him, who are you? And uh, you read all the story. And uh, this boy became of great importance to the camp of David because he is the one who led them to where the enemies were and they were able to raid them, or rather they were able to recover all what they had. There is something that I was learning here when I came across this point. That uh, in uh, this genre of faith, there are times when we may thought like we are not important. There are times when other, may, other people may feel like uh, we don't have great value to them. But let me tell you something. That this boy was left there to serve God's purpose. And therefore I can say the same thing. In your long time, when you feel like everybody has deserted you, when you feel like nobody cares about you, Remember, you are still in the situation to serve God's purpose. You can still serve God's purpose. And you know, for me, I, 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 this is what I say, it's God's purpose in my life. It is only to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Amen? That is the purpose that I can say that I'm existing to serve. So, even if you don't seem to be important in the eyes of other people, there is God in heaven who is still looking down. And he's saying that I can see my son down there. I can see my daughter down there. 
and I created them for my own purpose. Therefore, even in that bad situation that you think that you are in, remember that you can still serve God's purpose. Pray for it so that God may reveal what is the God's purpose for you. And now when, when we continue, we hear that this boy was able to lead them to where uh, uh, the enemies were. And the Bible says, at this time, they were in celebratory mode. They were just now dancing and celebrating because of the victory that they have gotten. But, uh, you know, one thing they did, they forgot to keep watch. They could not think that the enemy, or rather David, could pursue them. And this is another point that I want to bring here. That there is a great danger after every victory. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter, 12, chapter 10, verse 12, that if you think that you are starting firm, be careful that you do not fall. There are many times when we feel like we have overcome. There are many times we feel like we don't need nothing. We even feel like we are self-sufficient, like we even do not need God. We feel like God has blessed us so much, now we don't care so much. We forget to pray. We forget even to read his word. We forget to go to church. We forget to do things, the things of God that matters for our spiritual journey. I am telling you that this is the most dangerous time because this is the time when devil knows how to attack. Because now at this time you are thinking, all is well, you no longer pray. Remember, Satan is still pursuing you. Satan is still following you. And if you forget to keep watch, you'll be attacked when you least expect it. Praise the name of the Lord. Let it not be so with us. Even after God has blessed us so much, even after the great victory that we have in our lives, let us keep on remembering to keep watch. Let us on, keep on remembering to thank our God, to worship Him, not to stop in the things that matters of faith so that our enemy may not uh, uh, attack us, may not ambush us, ambush us when we least expect it. I am done with that point. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, this is the problem with an African pastor. He will say that I am, I am finishing for seven times. So this is my second. <laughs> this is my second time, so. <laughs> but I'm going, to, <laughs> I'm going to be short. Now, the other thing is that uh, the Bible says that uh, David recovered everything and there was nothing that was missing. Nothing. So these people are just celebrating, oh, we have won. Uh, you know, they were saying, uh, your law, uh, you only live once. Now we are going to enjoy what you have gotten. Uh, no, who is like us? No, All this type of celebratory. But they had not even begun eating the, 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 the spoil that they had gotten from David. Because the Bible says that he attacked us and he recovered everything. And this is the thing. When we seek the perfect will of God, that perfect will will happen in our lives. When we are sure that God is leading us in the journey of faith, we will be able to recover what we believe it is ours. We will be able to stand at the gap in the kingdom and that we will do all what is necessary because it is the Lord God who has commanded us. I do not have no time to explain so much on that because now I am finishing for the, for the, uh, for the third time now. I am now about to finish for the third time. Now, they have recovered everything. And they have come back to Brookbessa, and they have found those people who are weak who could not go build Brookbessa. And some evil men began saying that we are not going to share anything with these people because they did not go with us at the battle. 
But David reminded them that you cannot do that because there's a victory that we have comes from the Lord. It is the Lord God who gave us victory. Therefore, we are going to share equally with them. That sounds like it is not fair. But let me tell you something. Whenever you feel like you are so important than the giver of the victory God, remember you have begun to become wicked like those men. I am sorry now because of calling you, I mean saying that you can be wicked. No, no. Make sure that you invite me here again to preach. I am not necessarily saying that you're wicked, but I'm saying that when that spirit begins to race in you at the feeling like you are so important because of the blessings that you have, that for that reason you don't consider other people like they are important, even in the matters of faith, when that hot spirit begins uplifting itself in you, now you are missing out that you are not glorifying the name of the Lord because you are not accrediting that victory to God himself. Therefore, what are we supposed to do? It is to be saying that were it not for the Lord God, I could not be what I am. I could not be healthy the way I am. I could not even be driving this car. I could not be having even this mortgage paid. I could not be what I am were it not for the Lord God who has blessed me. Praise the name of the Lord. What do you have that was not given to you? Everything that you have, including that health that you have, health that you have including that money. It is God who gives you strength to do work and make riches. For that reason, you are supposed to glorify God with everything that you have, everything that you do, because he is the one who has given you that glory. And for that reason, you are supposed to be saying that glory and honor go back to God, because the battle does not belong to me. It belongs to Lord God in heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. I am now finishing for the fifth time. Now, after now they come back to Ziklag, and I want now to fold my Bible so that you may know that I'm finishing. Now, when they came back now to Ziklag, <laughs> you are wondering what kind of an African pastor is this? Huh? <laughs> if you go to our church, I will be inviting you one of these days. We usually have like two hour service, and then we have an extra service for now tea fellowship. We sit down to eat and drink. Right now I will leave here. They began the service at 11. I will live here and I will go all the way to Grayson and they will, be, they will not be done by the time I will be getting there. Ha, ha. So share a little bit of me. <laughs> share, share a little bit of my, my, my African experience. Now, this is what I am saying to conclude brethren. That when they came back and after knowing that the victory belongs to God, I can see David doing something. They, he glorified God by number one, sharing with those people who are not able to go. And number two, the Bible says that he even sent gifts to many other people from the spoil that he had gotten. To many other people, he shared it all. Not, okay, not, he did not leave him, himself with nothing, but he shared everything that he had, uh, 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 the, the spoil that he had gotten with even many other people who did not participate in the war, the elders from Judah and from many other places, he shared all that with him. Why? Because he knew that were it not for God, who gave him that victory, he could not have nothing to give. And that is what I am saying when I am finishing. That all these things were written for us so that we may learn from them. 
We have learned from David how he glorified God from the victory that he had gotten, or rather he got. And my question to you is this. Now, are you existing to glorify the name of the Lord with all what he has blessed you with? Have you given up in the matters of faith after he has blessed you? If you do that, then know that you have that spirit of self-importance. You have begun worshipping or glorifying what he has blessed you with instead of glorifying God. You have begun now to worship whatever you have been given instead of the source. Resources, we worship resources more than worshipping the source. The source of your victory, the source of your health, the source of your blessings that you are counting them one by one. They are given by him. And for that reason, we have to do everything possible to show that we are saying that we give all the glory to Jesus and tell of his love. And as I finish, that is the song that we are going to sing right here. We give all the glory to Jesus and tell of his love. And tell of his love. We give all the glory to Jesus and tell of his wonderful. One more time. We give all the glory to Jesus and tell of his love. And tell of his love. We give all the glory to Jesus. And tell all this wonderful. I think next time I'll become now a choir master here. Okay, God bless you guys.